Good evening and welcome to The Midnight Owl. I'm your host, Tim. The Midnight Owl is a proud member of the Not After 30 podcast network. This week we are talking about the conspiracy theory, Flat Earth. Gravity explains the motions of the planets, but it cannot explain who set the planets in motion. Isaac Newton. Is a hot dog a sandwich? Since this is a safe place among inquiring minds, I feel that we can be honest. To put it bluntly, it's not really up for debate. A hot dog is a sandwich. It's your right to have your own opinion, and if you disagree, well, I'm sorry to inform you of your wrongness. It's a piece of meat on a bun with a sauce and some onions. How could you not see that as a sandwich? I have heard the argument that it's because the bun is connected. Well, so is a sub. The contents are served hot. So I guess we have to question a hot roast beef sandwich. Arby's, you will answer for your lies. The world has billions of people on it. It brings a broad spectrum of thought and opinion based on how their unique experiences shape their perspective. Some people have issues with facts and evidence provided to them. A truth handed to you that you can't duplicate is worthy of questioning. Looking at history, there is absolutely a need to question authority, to go out and experience life to test convention. I'll concede a Panzerati is a little more in the gray area of this great and profound debate, but a pizza is more or less a fancy open-faced sandwich. Also, cake is better than pie, and deep-fried pickles are just fancy fries. Creating lies or disregarding facts to defend a thought is extremely dangerous. It's reductive. I say that it's dangerous because it translates over to every other facet of society. If you put your fingers in your ears and refuse to speak with anyone that is not of the same mind as you, then you'll only perpetuate false logic and belief. It allows for hatred to become hereditary, for apocalyptic dangers like global warming to become a debate. We are complex, amazing beings. For now, we are theoretically the only intelligent life in a universe that is infinite. So we must remember balance if we are to keep moving forward into the great unknown. Balance of belief and science. I don't have an answer for this. I will leave that for someone smarter or more well-rounded to discern. That balance to me does not mean we can't prune at either of them. Maybe this is another subsection of the social contract we've yet to write. When we look at faith, bigotry isn't a worthwhile investment to theology. Dictating the rights to another's body is wrong. My favorite quote about science comes from Jurassic Park. Jeff Goldblum's character reacting to the resurrection of dinosaurs says, Your scientists were so preoccupied with whether they could, they didn't stop to think if they should. Science should be held back from exploring all of its curiosity. For instance, creating a fully formed artificial intelligence where it could reach the singularity and become sentient would be wrong in a world where children don't have clean water and human trafficking exists. To me, humanity wouldn't be that great of a parental figure to a new life. I wonder how long until we teach it, or 
ask it to kill in the name of one cause or another. For the scientists at the Hadron Collider to offhandedly mention, oh yeah, this is our intention of great new discoveries, we're going to accelerate particles at incredible speeds and smash them together. Also, a tiny itsy-bitsy chance of creating a black hole. But mostly science, dog. Okay, so I just double-checked this, uh, the black hole thing, and they said that there is a chance of microscopic black holes, but there is no way it could open up and swallow the world. It would only grow to a mass of one kilogram over three trillion years. Even the chance of a stable black hole is unlikely. But as stated in an article on the website Medium by Ethan Siegel, a science writer, uh, the article he wrote was titled, For the Last Time, the LHC Will Not Make an Earth-Swallowing Black Hole. There's a line I'm positive I'm taking out of context. If physics works the way we think it does, this energy is insufficient to make a black hole. If physics works the way we think it does, this energy is insufficient to make a black hole. With a statement like that, I would feel everyday people may want to vote on whether or not this avenue is truly worth risking humanity. I can't have a fire in my backyard without purchasing a permit from the city, but you're 98% certain this won't cause the earth to implode into itself. Maybe put that off until you can smash particles on a distant outpost planet or moon, where the entirety of our species won't be swallowed up. Maybe that's just me. I don't know. Balance again chimes in because ruling by committee is a great way for nothing to ever get accomplished. This long, meandering diatribe boils down to this, and it's said with heartfelt concern to the Flat Earth community. The majesty of a higher power isn't diminished through science. It's reinforced. I sincerely hope that maybe we can bring a few of the true believers back to reality. The media's infatuation with pointing fingers with smug disapproval or disbelieving diatribes has left the current zeitgeist when it comes to flat earthers. However, there are conventions being held, and it seems to be a growing community. I decided to do this episode because I'm honestly intrigued with the way the flat earthers see the world. That could actually be a phrasing issue. It's not because I believe in a flat earth, but because of who they are uh, as people, of their perceptions and adamant belief structure. It's such an odd flag to carry to me. I mean, if you want to have a conversation about the government hiding evidence about aliens, I would be invested and intrigued. However, I tried to look neutral on the subject. Inside, my inner voice is screaming, of course they are. I, like many other people, had the initial reaction to flat earth theory of being angry. It's a weird thing to stop and reflect upon. Why was I angry at someone without reading a single article explaining their thoughts or ideas? I don't know about the community as a whole, but the flat earth society does not seem to be advocating violence against any group or upfront exclusionary towards any segment of society. It's a bit of a departure from other conspiracy theories. I have no doubt some people within the movement are bigoted or hateful. Because in most conspiracy theories, there's hate or distrust of an ethnicity or religion, and it, 
just a really prevalent theme, but it appears to be notably absent from anything I've read or listened to. Nonetheless, my reaction was anger. How stupid can you be was the first words out of my mouth. I think the reason I got so angry was that I see flat earth being tied in with the current internet culture. Of people passing fake news articles around that support some kind of ideology, both on the right and left sides of politics. There's an upcoming election uh, in Canada, and I feel as though it might be time for me to tune out of Facebook ahead of time. People have a right to free speech. It's just that if you want to stand on a soapbox and preach, it should be informed, reasoned speech, not sensational lies. Like this article I recently read of teens egging cars in the rain so that they could carjack you when you went to clean up the greasy mess on your windshield. A quick Snopes search will tell you it's fake, and this article has been around in a few different iterations. It's one of the very few times I tried to reach out to let that person sharing this know the article was fake. I was anxious about it because I didn't want it to look like an attack. It was a well-meaning warning that they saw someone else post, trusted. I come from a culture of eyes on your own paper, meaning mind your business. What happens in someone else's home is their concern. Maybe it's time we start thinking about it as neighborly when we point out misinformation. I wonder, listener, would you let a friend repeat false information? I don't know if we can afford to continue to allow people to pick and choose the truth from the facts that support their ideologies. But how do you do that? This Canadian can only guess that you apologize a bunch, show them the researched facts and sympathize about how you could have also been fleeced by this, uh, fake news. Ugh, saying that makes him feel gross. After I got past my anger, I began to research Flat Earth. I was convinced it was a few trolls seeking attention trying to rock the boat and create arguments where they could easily stoke the fire. There are a great number of those people out there, but I need you to hear me, dear listener. There are true believers. They have created physics and models to meet their conspiracy theories. There are songs, and hell, there's even flat earth dating sites. So as we go forward, take a deep breath and remember, flat earthers are human beings. Maybe they're family, a coworker, or neighbor. They are no different from you and me. They go to work, pay their taxes, and function as a part of the society we are all born into. Let's get into the meat of flat earth theory. I referred to it as a conspiracy theory because a, a flat earth can't exist today without it being a massive cover-up. There are globes in every classroom. No scientist is willing to come forward and admit the truth because they would lose their credentials and means to an income. Beyond that, someone has to be defending the ice wall from people sneaking up to disprove this ludicrous theory of a ball. In flat earth circles, that's NASA. NASA is also responsible for doctoring photos of a globe, or deliberately misleading people by not acknowledging the way light bends. Therefore, even an undoctored photo can be misleading if the flat earther's belief in the way a curved lens and light refraction can affect photos of the Earth at a distance. Why does NASA do all this? No one is really certain. Most commonly, it comes down to money. 
During the Cold War, it was a great propaganda tool, and with the inflated budgets, high-ranking officials could make a good living by taking their cut for keeping the secret. Since the Cold War is over, the money is still there in satellites and space exploration. I'm making finger quotes here. They control the way people think GPS and satellite TV works, so they can keep their money coming in. Another theory is that there is a conspiracy against God. The majority of flat earther societies tries to divorce itself from religion. However, they do acknowledge most religions currently or at one point believed in a flat earth. So there is a push by the more evangelical segments to see a sphere as science. And this science as a move to try and take us further away from God. Likening it to... If it helps, you can liken it to the denying of evolution, or dinosaur bones were put here to tempt us, or anything that really deviates from scripture. The other anti-God conspiracy is that pagan and Egyptian beliefs place the sun as God. With the earth revolving around the sun and not the sun revolving around the earth, it would be in a way elevating pagan belief structures. Flat earthers are divided on how the actual flat earth functions as a flat earth, but they are united in the belief we are being lied to. That's the core tenet of this thesis, that the earth is flat and the globe is a lie. There are many splinter groups forming, but the main community is based around the flat earth society. The flat earth society is descended from the universal Zetetic society, before that, the Flat Earth Research Society, founded by Samuel Shentons. The Flat Earth Society has been around for a long time. Samuel Robotham was the first to use this term in reference to the Flat Earth Research. He devised the Bedford Level Experiment to determine whether the surface of the water is convex, reasoning that if the water is not convex, the Earth cannot be a sphere. This is how he came to the conclusion that the Earth is flat. This method has been a cornerstone of flat Earth theory ever since. Alfred Russell Wallace saw an announcement in the Zetetic Astronomy, which was uh, saying they would pay 500 pounds to the person who could prove the world was round. Of course, he figured this was going to be easy money. Wallace was successful in showing that three poles placed at exact heights and at a great distance, would show the middle pole slightly higher. John Hampton was the man that had put forth the money and had to cough up when the ref and Samuel Robotham accepted the results. Hampton did not accept the decision. He embarked on a 21-year campaign of harassment, threats, and libel that ruined Wallace's life. Hampton was in and out of prison for the harassment, even sending death threats to Wallace's wife. Flat earthers often refer to zeticism as their means of scientific inquiry. I'm going to quickly define the scientific method and zeticism here. Zeticism is a system of scientific inquiry. The word is derived from a Greek verb which means I seek, I examine, I strive for, or roughly I will find out for myself. Zeticism differs from the usual scientific method 
in that using Zeticism, one bases his conclusions on experimentation and observation, rather than on an initial theory. That is to be proved or disproved. A Zetetic forms the question that immediately sets to work making observations and performing experiments to answer that question, rather than speculating on what the answer might be, then testing that out. For example, in questioning the shape of the Earth, the Zetetic does not make a hypothesis suggesting the Earth is round or flat, and then proceed testing that hypothesis. He skips that step and devises an experiment that will determine the shape of the Earth, and bases his conclusions on the results of that experiment. Many feel this is a more reasonable method than the normal scientific method because it removes any preconceived notions and biases the formation of a hypothesis might cause, and leaves the conclusion up entirely to what is observed. Now, the scientific method is similar, but here's the difference. The scientific method is a process of, for experimentation that is used to explore observations and answer questions. It can vary slightly in the exact steps, but this is a fairly standard list of six scientific method steps, which for any science class you're expected to know. Step 1. Purpose or question. Step 2. Research. Step 3. Your hypothesis. Step 4. Experiment. You design and perform an experiment to test your hypothesis. An experiment has an independent and dependent variable. You change or control the independent variable and record the effect it has on the dependent. Step 5. Data. Record observations and analyze what the data means. Once you have the data, you may need to perform a mathematical analysis to support or refute your hypothesis. Conclusion. Conclude whether to accept or reject your hypothesis. There is no right or wrong outcome to an experiment, so either the result is fine, or you likely learned something about the subject and may wish to revise the original hypothesis to form a new one for a future experiment. Flat earthers claim to derive their beliefs from science and philosophy. They rely heavily on information that their senses provide. The earth feels flat. The bottom of the clouds are flat. The sun's movement. The earth is supposed to be moving at incredible speeds, but we never feel it. All of our senses tell us the world is flat, so it must be flat. Why do we question what we feel? Think about this. If you were never indoctrinated in the school system, and you were just thinking about how the world works, its place in the universe, does your senses tell you that you're on a solid plane? That up is up and down is down? Not to get sidetracked again, but people have known the Earth was a sphere since about 6th century BC. The discovery was attributed to the Greeks through experimentation. Often the idea of a round or spherical earth is first linked to Pythagoras. Aristotle built upon this idea, noting how the stars would change depending on how far you traveled in any direction. Since this could only happen on a curved surface, he believed the earth was a sphere. And that this sphere couldn't be a massive astral body Otherwise, the effect of moving only a relatively small distance on the Earth's surface 
would not make the star's movement quickly apparent. As well, Aristotle remarked about how the shadow of the Earth on the moon during a lunar eclipse is round. Aristosthenes was a Greek astronomer. Uh, He was around about 276 to 194 BC. He was the leader among the minds of the Library of Alexandria. He estimated the Earth's circumference around 240 BC. He had heard that in sign, the sun was directly overhead at the summer solstice, whereas in Alexandria, it still cast a shadow. Using the differing angles of the shadows, he made trigonometric calculations that estimated a circumference of around 250 stads. The exact length of a stad isn't known, but his numbers were only off by about 5-20% to of the actual meridional circumference, 40,000 kilometers, about 24,860 miles. Aristothenes could only measure the circumference of the Earth by assuming the distance to the Sun is so great that the rays of sunlight are practically parallel. Yet another amazing leap forward for the understanding of the world that surrounds us. Ferdinand Magellan, circumnavigating the globe in the 1500s, proved it. Well, I guess that credit kind of goes mostly to his crew since he didn't make the entire trip, but I digress. A a moment of honest reflection is that it kind of makes me feel small-minded. I would have never looked out upon the world and saw a reason to question what my senses told me. Even now it's hard to conceptualize the truth that we're on a globe. There could be someone on the direct opposite side of the earth than me, but then why don't they fall off and spin endlessly into space? Day to day it affects me in the physical sense, but spiritually, I I don't know that it matters. Financially, a round earth doesn't pay the bills any different than a polyhedron or triangle earth. A sense of magic or wonder, even sheer pride in humanity comes over me when I think of someone hundreds or thousands of years ago looking out upon the world and thinking, is this a world without end? What's my place in this world? What's our place in the universe? Are flat earthers sticking to their guns so hard because it brings on a sense of chaos if all we amount to are some insignificant mismatch of cosmic luck? What caring God would make us so insignificant that we are just descendants of monkeys on a ball spinning a thousand miles per hour that's going 67,000 miles per hour around the sun, which is going 514,000 miles per hour around the galaxy? I'm going to read those numbers back again, but for those that are not in the U.S., that we are just descendants of monkeys in a ball spinning at 1,600 kilometers an hour. That is going 107,000 kilometers an hour around the sun, which is going 827,000 kilometers an hour around the galaxy. I guess the flat earthers aren't the only ones to hold on to antiquated beliefs like the imperial system making any sense as a unit of measure. If all you are is a cosmic pinprick that can't even feel the constant push of those speeds, then you're not special. No one is special. With that bleak of an outlook, it's kind of hard to get up and go to work in the morning. 
If it all doesn't amount to anything, what's the point? Humanity isn't a cosmic mistake. We're here with purpose from a loving creator that placed us here 5,000 years ago. If you're a mistake descended from a lineage of mistakes that stretches all the way back to the Big Bang, why do you have to pay taxes and be a good person? I guess I have a hard time with this outlook because God, the creator of all things, isn't small. She's infinite. And if she set everything in motion, then the math can only ever show us the true language of the universe. You can't have free will and a script to follow like a choose-your-own-adventure. We are all responsible for our actions. There are many differing views on how the world is flat. Essentially, the most widely accepted or popularized basic view is that the Earth is a round, flat disk. This disk is surrounded by a large ice wall that encircles the continents. The ice wall is about 150 feet high. It seems consistent that they say it's 150 feet high, but I never found out why they figured it's that high. This ice wall is what explorers uh, called the Antarctica, or mislabeled the Antarctica. It's there to hold back the oceans from falling off the Earth. In the middle of the disk is the North Pole. The, uh, the American continents is at one side of the North Pole. The European continents are on the opposite. The sun and moon are spheres that circle each other directly above the disk. There is a dome above the Earth uh, with the stars and celestial bodies embedded into it. Flat Earthers believe that the sun is about 3,000 miles or 4,800 kilometers above the surface of the Earth, with the uh, stars about 100 miles above that, 161 kilometers Flat Earthers believe that the sun makes circles around the North Pole. It acts as a giant spotlight. When it's over your head, it's day. When it's not, it's night. It kind of has the benefit of being simple, I suppose. As I've mentioned before, there is dissent among believers of the flat Earth. Other theories state that they don't know the specific shape of the Earth, although they do know that the Earth is flat, but it cannot be a disk. They feel the evidence has been provided sufficiently because the days get longer the further north you go. How can the sun be directly above both North America and directly above the North Pole, giving 24 hours of sunlight? What about the lunar eclipse? Flat Earthers suggest there might be an anti-moon that is used to shield the moon at the proper moment. Even for Flat Earthers, this feels like it's reaching. Other qualms within the Flat Earth community is that there isn't any proof to a dome being above the Earth. They view the dome as a limited outlook. To suggest that we're in a snow globe, it's an easy explanation if you're getting into a line of discussion that disrupts conventional knowledge that ends marriages and friendships. Then why in the search of truth would you accept an easy answer? Some flat earthers have accepted the Earth is flat, but other planetary bodies are spheres. It's widely accepted the Sun and Moon are spherical, but these dissenters believe evidence that other planetary bodies are spheres has been adequately provided. But because other planets in the solar system revolve around the Earth, it's nonsense to compare this world with any other. It reduces the majesty of 
whatever our cosmos is to take an easy simplification of the truth. That to just fight for the globe outlook is short-sighted because once that view is accepted, it will become just as dogmatic as the current scientific institutions have become. It's mind-blowing to see the celestial models built by these flat earthers. Some believe in the heliocentric model where the earth orbits the sun, others that the planetary bodies orbit the earth, and therefore the earth is a central location that also happens to have the sun. What's on the bottom of the earth? Well, no one exactly knows. Most suspect rocks, with the earth floating in the ether, ether being a common term for nothingness. Flat earthers have attempted to explain gravity or the magnetic field through a substance they refer to as aether. Aether, according to the etheric wind model, is a substance which fills up the majority of the universe and causes universal acceleration. It's made of a mixture of hydrogen and helium. Aether was formed before the Big Bang, when all matter and energy in the universe was crushed together in the same particle. With near infinite heat and pressure, it is of a state of matter unreachable by man. Like a gas, it's very fluid and it's so spread out that not even the London dispersal forces, uh, the van der Waals forces, affect it. As such, it retains energy indefinitely. It is also what warms the earth and causes the lava under the crust. As I pull at this logic tree of a flat earth, I see the simpler truth. Then when I look out over the vast Canadian landscape... Whether in Ontario with its hills and high vantage points, or on the prairies where you can look unobstructed for kilometers, I've never noticed the curvature of the earth. I've been in airplanes, and when I looked down, I did not see a ball beneath me. If I went by what my senses tell me the earth should be, it should be flat. But in my years on this earth, I have learned my senses can lie to me. My sense of sight and smell says sugar-free cookies look good, smell good, but my sense of taste says they taste like wet garbage. Driving at night, my eye says the world should be misshapen and fuzzy. When a server brings out a hot plate and warns me not to touch it because it's way too hot, my common sense abandons me. If I have never been told that the earth was round or indoctrinated with globes and schools, then how dismissive would I be of a round earth? I've never done the math on the shape of the earth. Have you? Why would we accept a truth we've never tested? Until we experiment with these truths, then it's all meaningless in our experience. I can remember being given the wisdom of a greater mind. Liquor before beer, you're in the clear. Beer before liquor, never been sicker. Oh, the folly of youth. I didn't listen and paid the price. I've experienced that truth, I have tested it, and now I know it is true. How can I experience a round earth? Learning about how gravity works? How nature interacts with physics in general? Sure, but does that ever translate to a truly intense personal experience? Maybe if you're an astronaut, could you ever really understand beyond the math that the earth is round? 
Could that be why, in the Flat Earth movement, they hate NASA so much? Purveyors of a truth they can never test. The Flat Earth movement is not a group of dangerous people. They cannot harm us. Yet. But the thing that has to be remembered is that this community wants to have this false logic taught in schools. There are first world countries that teach that evolution is a lie. We are already in a battle for the hearts and minds of tomorrow's youth. The flat earthers are skeptical of the medical and scientific communities. So often, but not always, they are connected to the anti-vax movement. In a vacuum, flat earthers are fine. We should allow them to live their lives without question or judgment. But if they expect to make an impact on society, where people are becoming increasingly skeptical of experts, they need to be stunted. There are said to be many private and governmental bodies that have to be in on concealing the information about a flat earth. Specifically, the educational system. Every teacher and scientist that has reached a level of education within the system has to realize the truth. But either through some kind of financial benefit or institutional fear, they remain quiet. If they were to be brave enough to speak out, they would lose their income. A sentiment echoed throughout the various theories on flat earth. To combat some questions round earthers have presented about the day and time, as well as the apparent length of day to flat earthers, it's suggested that there's a governmental body that's been created to control the time and day. One thing that shocked me during this research is that flat earthers support the fact climate change exists. They've seen the facts, witnessed the changes, and are ready to support the movement to stop or reverse the impact of greenhouse gases. I guess when all's said and done, I'll raise my glass to flat earthers that understand and acknowledge this. This could be the cornerstone to build understanding between us, between the rationalists, the, the purely science and logical people, between people like you and me who retain our spiritualism, and those a little further along that are committed to the, the old ways, I guess. But this friendship is beneficial. Flat earthers don't want the earth to heat up, thereby melting the ice ring and allowing all the oceans to drain off. And us, who don't want the earth to become a barren wasteland, eh, seems like a pretty good reason to create a friendship. If you're curious about looking into this further, I would recommend the Netflix documentary Behind the Curve for a perspective from the science community, trying to gain a better understanding of the flat earth community. There's also a podcast I found during my research called Flat Earth Conspiracy, Earth is a Construct. I've not listened to the full breadth of what they have to offer. They have a lot of content, and that being said, I've sampled a few of their apps, and I would recommend it. As far as hearing interesting people discussing an issue they feel passionate about, it's great. You may not walk away feeling convinced, but it's cool getting to be a part of a conversation from the other side. I feel comfortable recommending this podcast because in the few episodes I listened to, I did not hear any bigoted or hateful commentary or phrases from the hosts. These people sound disturbingly ordinary. Obsessed with facts and truly curious about the world around them, not willing to accept anything that can't be shown or replicated to them directly. I was just going deep into the episode lists. Um, I, I looked in the recent episodes 
and they've gotten into the Earth as a construct or simulation discussion, and that's something the Midnight Owl will cover at a later date. Flat Earthers look out at this wonderful universe with a mountain of evidence of a globe and say, No, you're wrong. Prove it. Why won't scientists meet us and admit they're wrong? Honestly, it makes me go down fun mental loop-de-loops of trying to figure out my blind spot. What's the aspect of this world that I have true and full knowledge of that is unshakable beyond any conversation or argument that could ever be laid before me? I guess the true nature of a blind spot is you can't see it. As close as I can come to figuring out what my blind spot is, I think that might be that a hot dog is a sandwich and deep-fried pickles are fries. I wonder if flat earthers have shown that beyond a shadow of a doubt the earth is round. Could they accept the truth? I have made comments or taken positions before that I was proven to be wrong in, yet I refuse to admit I was wrong. And now I have to live with that for the rest of my life, defending something I know I was wrong about. Maybe I was young and stuck to my guns too hard in an argument. Maybe I was just trying to stir the pot, but now I'm stuck. I won't discuss what those arguments were, or are, here, because there's a chance, however slight, one of those people I had a heated debate with could be listening, and I won't give them the satisfaction of admitting I was wrong. I'm a stubborn man. But I wonder if rehabilitated to the social norms of paranoia, can a flat earther be of use to the general population? This question of authority is essential for accountability. Maybe we create a citizen-run body that investigates politicians before they gain entrance to Parliament. You can guarantee a flat earther would leave no stone unturned. No connection left unchecked. I mean, they're not in it for the money when they proclaim the earth is flat. These people would be next to impossible to bribe. Mislead? Yeah, there's a chance, but bribing, no. (laughs) before we leave today i want to leave you with this final thought after all this research videos reading and listening to podcasts i feel a kind of kinship with flat earthers not that i believe what they believe or they believe what i believe but i'm a podcast fan i'm a fan of a whole medium i can't really talk to anybody about i listen to everything and anyone. I become obsessive and go on binges of any shows that I like. In the past three months, I've listened to over 350 episodes of My Brother, My Brother, and Me to try and catch up on the show. That's 21,000 minutes, a little over 14 days. I've done this with other shows, consuming entire catalogs in weeks. Tell him Steve Dave... I've gone through the entire library multiple times over the eight years I've been listening. I reach out online to other podcast listeners because I want to feel that community to share this with somebody else. My studio is covered in posters and vinyls of my favorite shows. I'll listen to the shows that I don't even like that much to have a conversation with someone else about podcasting because it's so rare I get to. What I'm trying to say is maybe we're not so different than flat earthers. We all seek community and understanding for the things we're passionate about. I feel for these people because they're invested in a lie. Where I can hang up my headphones or unplug the mic, 
My identity, to some extent, has become the podcast guy, but I can get out from under that with a little bit of effort. They're stuck. To anyone that knows them, they're now just the flat earther. The Midnight Owl is a part of the Not After 30 podcast network. We offer four main shows and a ton of great content on one feed. The Not After 30 podcast network is a network of dreamers. Podcasters who believe in passion over paycheck. Not After 30 podcast is a lifestyle podcast. This is the flagship podcast and has many characters. John Denoir, the man with the soft, velvety voice. Greta the Great, a.k.a. Miss Six. Brian Smith, the comedian carnivore. And Anthony, El Jefe, the awkward throat clear <clears throat> with Aaron Chalupa. He's a brewer that loves good beer and good conversation. Check out his travels around our great country and the world. NA30 Sports. Anthony, El Jefe, brings in fellow armchair sports fanatics Brian Smith, Aaron Chalupa, Dave, Jordan Hernenshen, I'm sorry, Jordan, and Ba Walker. Before 30 Podcast is a millennial's journey to 30. Listen to Miss Six talk 30. Growing up Dufresne, brothers Anthony and Dave talk about how silly their crazy family is. If you want to reach out and talk about this week's episode, you can reach me on Instagram at the Midnight Owl Podcast, all one word, on my email at beardedandboard at gmail.com, and on the Not After 30 Podcast Facebook group. Reach out to Na Na Nation on Facebook or follow the Not After 30 Instagram. Thank you, listeners. And don't forget to owl at the moon. Hood hood. As well, Aristotle. Aristoth. Aristothenes. 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 Aristothes, Aristothenes, Meridional, 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 Meridional Circumference. <laughs>